0: Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Finuff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Phnef Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm.
1: Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry.
0: Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. Uh, This week's topic is the rise in popularity of home funerals. Uh, With us this morning is Lee Webster. Um, Lee is the president of the National Home Funeral Alliance. I mentioned before the show that I had obviously were very familiar with home funerals, but didn't even realize it was a home funeral alliance. So welcome to Dying to Talk.
1: Thank you. Pleased to be here.
0: Happy to have you. So we have a lot of questions for you. And I guess the first one, just to sort of set the stage for our listeners, why don't you talk about what is a home funeral? And what makes a home funeral different than what people would think of as a traditional funeral?
1: Right. Uh, well, a home funeral, and we consider home funerals traditional. So um, and we look at what uh, funeral homes do as conventional or contemporary. Um, so we make that distinction. and basically what it means is that the family uh, maintains uh, their right to custody and control, after the death, until they're ready for whatever that next step is, whether it's disposition or whether it's uh, a hiring a funeral director to move into the next steps, we call that a blended funeral. So essentially, that's what it is: the body retaining uh, their loved one for a little bit longer, and that might be a few hours, it might be a few days, and they do uh, whatever care they they choose to do: body care, um, dressing, casketing. Uh, having friends and family come and visit in the home, having a ceremony of some kind in the home if they choose to. Uh, some families, and we're fortunate in New Hampshire, we're one of the states that allows families to do everything if they choose to, transportation and uh, filing their own death certificate and so on. Most families don't choose to do the whole route, but uh, but they do have that option. So that's that's home funeral, taking a little more time. So it's, just not, it's not necessarily a full-blown funeral at home? No. No, yep. okay. not at all. Really, we call it also, we talk about home vigiling, which mm. is really does hark back to what was happening long ago. Um, it's just not having the fear that you're going to get caught with a dead body. Uh, <laughs> and go to jail. And <laughs> go to jail because the funeral police are going to come and get yeah. you. Um, and it's understanding that you have the right to that and, and that you can t- just just let it unfold the way that it's going to unfold and then use the necessary resources. I
0: guess um, in, in my perspective, and this is as much education for me as we have and we actually encourage, especially with the amount of cremations that we do over 1,500 a year, a lot of families you know, using hospice, dying at home, and the families are saying, oh, you got to come right away. We said, no, we can come when everyone has had their chance to say goodbye. The family's not having a, you know, a wake with embalming or a casket. So whether we go right away or in two or three days, there's no issue. So we never really consider that a home. We, we don't know what they're doing there. But we, in our perspective, is con- considering a home funeral when families are saying, oh, no, we're going to get a casket. We're going to have a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to transport the deceased here. We may bring them back to the funeral home after. So I guess, you know, I guess there's sort of a, a difference in, 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 in nomenclature and in what you're calling it.
1: It is. I think it's just it's just language that we're trying to hone down, um, and, and we're also trying to hone the language of uh, the people who are there to help you because home funeral guides, uh, it, it, which is the term that we've we've sort of settled on because it, it sounds relatively normal, and this is for everyone. It's not just for your you know fringe population who might want to do this or or for people who are uh, are really in financial straits and they're trying to save some money too that's another really uh, valid reason to do this although most people don't do it for money they do for the money reason they do it because they want to spend more time with their loved one Uh, but we call ourselves home funeral guides it's a vocation for us uh, we we don't make money. Um, in fact, the only thing that we might charge for is to educate others to be able to do this because it's a it's a lost art. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to do this work um, with bodies comes comes back to us, but we really need a little bit of help in uh, in figuring it out. So that's what home funeral guides do. It's an education piece, not a hands on piece. If you've got an issue that you wanna uh, that, that with someone that, that you've cared for and you're concerned about it. Um, I mean, dead bodies, by and large, are not contagious. They're not, there's not a problem. There's not a smell. That, you know, we take very good care of them. But if that makes you a little bit squeamish, we go right to the professionals. Not a problem.
0: So some of the feedback that I've heard from my constituents, um, sort of from a regulatory and legal standpoint, is saying, hey, if we're for inviting f- um, family and friends to come here you know, multiple days after the person's passed away, you know, we got to get involved with embalming and caskets and all that. Now, of course, if the family does it at home, they don't have to do any that. They've not gone to school. They're not licensed. so it's almost like the law requires funeral homes to charge the families more based on our current somewhat archaic regulations. Um, but if people do it at home, then they can say, well, nope, if you do it at home, we don't have to embalm. If you do have a gathering, a public viewing and a service at the funeral home, you do have to embalm.
1: Well, and and that's, um, it's interesting you brought that up because New Hampshire is the only state, uh, the only place in the world that has the the health code. And this is really a health code, and I, I can actually read it to you. It's no human body shall be exposed to the public for a period in excess of 24 hours unless the body is properly embalmed. Correct. What that really says is that the body can't be exposed to the public for 24 hours. It doesn't mean that within 24 hours the body has to be embalmed. In fact, who has a 24-hour viewing period? Um, It's an archaic Law, it doesn't make sense for anyone, particularly the industry. That's, There's so much room for misinterpretation of that. And, and it twenty-four hours after round death, round Is if
0: the family that. has a wake one day and then has a wake the next day, once you've hit that, uh, we've looked it's, at that regulation It's only and about we don't know. exposure. Right. It's about right.
1: exposure of the body to the public. So, right. uh, and essentially, it, when you're in your own home, you are not in public. That's correct. You're in a private um, environment, but it, it's it, it. It did lead to this this Policy and there's a very big distinction between policy and law. So,
0: I've know funeral homes that have been fined for having quote unquote public wakes without requiring embalming. Um, you know, this is not recent, but it's happened yeah, in the past. So yeah. it's just hard it's, to understand. Yeah, and it and
1: it's certainly from those of us from a home funeral point of view, it doesn't make any sense to us at all because uh, bodies that have been properly cared for. Uh, even without embalming. And, and and of course, we're talking about different types of embalming here too. Um, there are lots of different ways to do this, so but but it doesn't make any sense. They're not more harmful to people. In fact, bodies with contagion uh, after they die are often less. Um, l- less dangerous. Yeah. Um, and and the, the Center for Disease Control, uh, the Center for Infectious Diseases, the World Health Organization, they all agree that dead bodies don't pose an increased risk for the public. So it doesn't make any sense to me why funeral homes can't also have public viewings. Um, not, every, not every state has it right. without embalming. Right. right. Absolutely. And you do have uh, viewings pro- for, for families without embalming we do all the
0: time we have private sure. family viewings and we have we I mean, were we're privileged to serve the hindu community and their embalming is not part of their tradition and, you know we'll have anywhere from 10 to 200 people in here again it's not put mm-hmm. in the paper it's not announced it's a private event um and you know we do not require embalming for those types of services right. or any other family member for that matter we do private viewings probably I don't want to say every day, but probably three or four times a week.
1: Yeah, it's good for the yeah. public to know that. And also, what that brings up is a really important point, that there are other um, religious traditions that have never uh, embraced embalming and and have certainly continued to care for their own, and often in a, a funeral setting. Uh, in fact, the Jewish faith often uses uh, the facilities of a funeral home mm-hmm. to complete tahara, uh, the the bathing ceremony that goes um, goes with someone's death, and and uh, you know it's it's a companion it's a it's a partnership between us, and I think that people need to g- recognize that. Geez, if, if all of these people from all these other faith communities have continued to do this without any repercussions, uh, why isn't it okay? It's it's nothing new. It's nothing new. exactly nothing new. Lee, my question is, when we have dealt with families who have these home funerals or home vigils, it's when their loved one is under hospice and they pass away at home. What does a family do if their, their loved one passes away at a hospital or in an accident and has to go to the medical examiner's office? How do they get back home? Right. Well, that's um, obviously an unanticipated death situation, so things are a little bit different. And the authorities have been called in. Medical examiner is involved might, might, might uh, order an autopsy, which could, you would think could create uh, kind of a, a mess for bringing the body home. Um, what we found is that uh, if the family knows that this is what, something that's on the table that they want to do, if they speak to the medical examiner um, about it medical examiner will do a better job of, of closing things uh, incisions same thing with um, uh, organ donations if the the uh, the place that's doing the harvesting knows that the body's going back to the family it's going to be released back to the family um, they'll do a very good job about it um, you can still with the appropriate paperwork you can still do that pickup Most people hire a funeral director to do the transport, just because of the paperwork issues. Um, Part of our um, part of what happens is funeral directors have direct access to the electronic registration system, and that has to and that's where things have to be filed. In New Hampshire, the town clerk's office. the town clerk is the person who can enter that data for us, both the medical and the demographic information. And uh, that's great as long as someone dies during the week (laughs) from 9 to 5. And in some places in New Hampshire, we have town clerks that are only open on Tuesday from noon until 4 and so on. So it pays to have a really good relationship with your, uh, your local town clerk. But more often than not, if it's an unanticipated situation, you still want to retain custody of the body. You're going to be reaching out to a professional to help you make that happen. Do the home funeral guides offer assistance to the family with that? You know, guiding them on who to, who to call for yes transfer, um, how to file the death certificate with the town. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. One thing we don't do, and um, at, at um, uh, New Hampshire Funeral Resources, um, which is another organization that's specific right here to New Hampshire. Uh, we do a survey every couple of years of the funeral homes and find out what all of the pricing issues are and what's available, uh, particularly green goods and so on that we've been trying to focus on. And what we do is is um, put together for someone who's asked a, uh, a spreadsheet for them, essentially, of the all the different information that we got from that survey in their area, and we teach them how to read it. And then they make their own decisions. Oh, we, we, we we, we don't tell people who to call or what to do. Mm-hmm. We just tell them how.
0: That's one. That's one of the the concerns or issues is that when when funeral homes come up with their pricing, the pricing is based on the assumption that they're going to be fully involved with all aspects of the service. For example, let mm-hmm. me give you one aspect is the the transfer of the deceased. You know, usually most funeral homes charge a couple hundred dollars or so, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also assuming that they're going to be involved with the cremation with the funeral if you unbundle that and leave it just by itself we had the situation not too long ago um you know the family had asked us to send the, all they wanted us to do is the transport and they you know it was a sunday afternoon two people two and a half hours away and under normal circumstances that would still be our normal transfer fee um, but you sit back and look for two people on a sunday two and a half hours away are we still charging two hundred dollars? And no, of course not. But we couldn't charge anything different because we're regulated by the Federal Trade Commission, and that's what our fee is. So it sort of got us between a rock and a hard place, saying we can't charge more. But the the way we price this is based on the assumption that we're doing everything, not you know, not little little components of right. it.
1: Right, and fortunately uh, for for funeral directors and for home funeral families who who want to use these services. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission also allows you to put together a separate price list specifically for home funeral mm-hmm. guides, and I know several funeral directors across the U.S. who have done this. It's they've grappled with it. It's difficult, right. particularly in an area like this where you have a reach that that can, it's not easy to get anywhere here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it takes longer than you think, but uh, but that is certainly something that's open, and that's something that home funeral families are really looking for. Is uh, you know how much do I really need to to pay to have you file? Uh, a death certificate that I could do myself for right. nothing, but but I really I need the con- the convenience of that and I need the support of that, um, and but it needs to be a reasonable price, mm-hmm. and anyone in a home funeral a situation I- is going to want to pay whatever they need to pay to, to make that happen, right. but they don't want to pay non-declinable fees and.
0: Right. Correct.
1: Uh, all those types of things. Uh,
0: we get an email from Jody who seems like she had or was considering a, a home funeral for a family member. She said, well, cemeteries accept the deceased directly from the family without involving a funeral home. I called the local cemetery, and they said, no, you need to use a funeral home.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because that, that is part of the roadblocks that we're running into um, is that cemeteries um, and hospitals and um and, uh, and nursing homes often have policies that are different from the law. We would say non-compliant with the law. Um, and it, it, with the proper paperwork, and, and also keeping in mind that when a, a New Hampshire family uh, chooses to uh, do this themselves, they are acting as their own funeral director, in which case they can sign all the paperwork, they can, they they should be able to make that call. It's really a, more of a, a, I think, an inadvertent thing. Um, these policies that were put in place because nobody really thought there was another way to do it. Mm-hmm. So we're working pretty hard to get them to to uh, understand that families might want to retain that custody and control. Now,
0: how would that work if it's a if it's a private funeral? I'm sorry, a private cemetery versus a municipal cemetery. I mean, um, I know funeral homes since being private organizations. Mm-hmm can choose to say, no, I don't want to be involved with um, any aspect of home funerals. We've gotten a number of calls over the year and said, hey, we call Funeral Home ABC. They didn't want to be involved, but we refer to you. Same thing with cemeteries.
1: Uh, I would guess if they're private, yeah, sure. If they're privately owned, and, and we have to respect that—that that, mm-hmm. that they make their own policies. Um, in municipal cemeteries, it's a, it's a different deal. Right. It's the same thing with newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, they they say that they will only accept from funeral homes, but they've we've changed realized it. that Actually, they've they recognized w- that they've recognized right. They've recognized that not everybody who's trying to file an obituary is trying to hoax uh, anybody, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> and so they they realize that with a copy of the death certificate, it's okay for the family mm-hmm. to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we have um, we have time for maybe a couple more questions. Madison, you have a uh...
1: now for some of those cemeteries. You're saying that the the families can can do the transport. But what if the cemetery requires a vault or some type of of cement liner? How does the family go about mm-hmm. purchasing that? Um, it's possible to find vaults um, outside of the industry itself. Um, there are places that you can call that will will do a day delivery. Depends on where you are, uh, but for the most part, again, people are going to go to wh- whoever the cemetery recommends to try and take care of that vault. Certainly. Mm-hmm.
0: So how how many home funerals are being done in New Hampshire? Do you have any statistic on I, that at all? I, I mean, sorry. no. Obviously, you don't. I wish
1: I knew. You don't get it, <laughs> as I said. I mean, we're just
0: we're just one firm out of eighty five or so in New Hampshire. We're probably. Involved with some aspect of maybe six or seven a year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know statewide how many how many there are.
1: Yeah, I double you and raised you on that, I think. Yeah. But I can't prove it <laughs> uh, because my job to is to educate people about the, the possibility and whether anyone dies and whether they follow through or not is really anyone's guess. The, um, the uh, state uh, vital statistics, I don't believe, keeps record of who that person was who signed that death certificate
0: they do keep um, a record of, of they aren't telling who me <laughs> filed the death certificate so mm-hmm. you can see if it was filed by a licensed funeral home in new hampshire uh, a funeral home out of state or or mm-hmm. joe smith who who may be a friend of the families, or maybe the family themselves, or maybe a licensed funeral director? Of it, it's, it's hard to tell, right?
1: And, and and the family might have chosen to hire a funeral director to do just the paperwork, Correct. And still kept their loved one home for three days. So we really, don't we just don't know? We just know that it's it's happening, and there in some areas, it's been an unbroken tradition. In some families, they simply uh, continue to do it kind of under the wire.
0: I think we have time for one quick one quick question, Mandy.
1: Um, Your website has a list of home-friendly funeral directors by state. What does that mean, and what is your website? The website uh, for the National Home Funeral Alliance is homefuneralalliance.org, and there are several directories there, one of them being um, this. You can find a home funeral guide there. You can find someone who can come and speak to your uh, organization about all of this. Um, But the home-funeral-friendly... Funeral directors. We couldn't think of another way to say that. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Our our funeral directors who are willing to uh, help families. It's that simple. Who who recognize that uh, it's better to have a part of the pie than no pie at all. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> and and really just to support this this sort of this change. Buddy actually said to me the first time I met him that. Uh, he was happy to have people do whatever they need just call me when you need me and i have repeated that hundreds of times i want you to know and more and more funeral directors are getting on board with that and saying yeah you know people are giving up embalming to direct cremation uh this year and into 2019 to 50 percent of the country here in new hampshire i just noticed it this morning we're at 68 percent that
0: could be over 70 by the end of the year so yeah
1: absolutely so uh what are people giving up with direct cremation often they're giving up that extra time that that being present period with their loved one they can still go to direct cremation but you can stop and wait and 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 be there and that's just the critical piece that's the most important piece the rest of it just kind of falls into whatever works for any particular family's culture um, but, yeah, having home funeral-friendly funeral directors is going to make a big difference in these people's lives.
0: Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at That's buddy at P-H-A-N-E-U-F dot net. Or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too.